Good morning. We're just making sure that everything is running smoothly. All right, so you can hear me? Great. Well, no. How about now? Can you hear me now? No? Good morning. One moment. Hey, am I on now? Okay, we're going to go ahead and start this morning. How about if we pray, and then we'll see what happens. Dear God, we just, are, we just come before you, and we just praise your holy name. We are grateful for this morning, for this time, to be able to study your word. We know you have something to say to each one of us. Please keep our ears and our hearts and our minds open to what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So quite a week, five days, Exodus to the beginning of 1 Samuel. Wow! There were just a few things in there, right? Just a few things we covered this week. Well, I am um, I'm just so excited to, to jump in there. Now, obviously, I'm not going to cover everything that we did in the week, um, but there were just, so I was just praying and just saying, Lord, remember the umbrella, the big picture? What, what can we take away? The overall thing of these books that we read this week, and just a couple things um, came to mind. I'm going to ask you to be patient with your note sheet. You're going to have to take notes in the little margins there. Uh, but I know you can do it. There was just so much information that I wanted you to have that I knew I wouldn't be able to cover. So I couldn't. I just jammed it on to that paper. So, um, so I'm, I'm not even going to talk about everything that's on the paper, but I just wanted you to have little extra little tidbits that might help you go deeper in your study and your knowing of our great God. We're going to start, and I want to see, um, we're going to see God in Egypt as our rescuer. We're going to look at God in the desert, and we're going to look at God in the promised land. So we want to see in his word, right? We're always looking to see how we can know him better, that we can love him, right? More so that we will obey him and serve him and bring him glory, that we will get to know him better, right? So that's what we're going for this morning. So God in Egypt, as we saw, he didn't leave his people there. Uh, I loved how she said that when God remembered, it wasn't like he had forgotten but it was that he acted, he acted, right? And he acted to, to bring them rescue. And from the beginning, we saw, like in Genesis, in Genesis, uh, I would say it was like a family history, the Abraham's family and how God was putting together his people, his family. And now Exodus is the national history, kind of talking about the history of the whole nation, of Israel and how that's going to to happen. So we see God in Egypt as he rescues his people. And first, um, I wanted to see, and I wanted to make sure that we didn't miss and we have our roots deep in the Passover. 
Because here in the Passover, God gives us that fast-forward glimpse to Jesus Christ. Remember how we said from back here in Genesis when um, that we see Christ even here, and it's the thread of him all the way. Everything in Scripture points to Jesus. And we see that in the Exodus. It was so beautiful in the Passover, right? When God provided a way God saves his people. God saves his people. I read, um, it, one author put it this way, Exodus is the thrilling epic of God rushing to the rescue. It tells of the redeeming work of a sovereign God. That is our great God. And in Passover, we saw that through the, the slaying of the lamb, and the blood that the people were saved. Just a couple points that I wanted just to, to, to make out as we were there. And you know, this Passover foreshadows everything that's happening in the tabernacle that we studied about, and then onto Jesus Christ. You guys are getting the foundation. Are you starting to see a little bit of how this all fits together? Maybe a little bit? Give me a nod, just a tiny nod. <laughs> so through the blood. But it wasn't just as the blood of the lamb was there in a bowl. They had to spread it, right? They had to spread it over the threshold of the home, correct? Same with our, it had to be acted upon. The blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross, it is there for everyone. But we have to receive it. It's to be acted upon, to cover our hearts, so that God passes over our sin. The same, it's not just a beautiful picture of that. And in that, just one little detail that I just wanted to throw in was the hyssop uh, branch that they had to use. Very common weed, something that anyone could find because it was just everywhere. Kind of like Christ's sacrifice is for everyone. Everyone has access. But we need to act on the blood, receive it, so that it can cleanse us and that they are that had the Israelites, they were saved then, right, from death. They were sealed and set apart through the blood. That's exactly what Jesus does for us. I would love for you to just hold on to that, make a note, star it over and over, and contemplate it. That the God of the universe provided the way. What are we learning about God in that? What can we learn through him? What do we see? We see his provision. We see his great mercy. He's the one who provided the sacrifice. He's the one who provided the way. He provides it all. And nothing without him. How beautiful. 
our God who rescues in Egypt when they come to the Red Sea. What do we see of our great God? His power, his might, his righteousness, his wrath. As he closes the sea, his mercy and faithfulness as he opens his great power. And again, the people pass through and then he shuts the waves and his righteousness and his justice prevail. And what about his people on this side? They are again saved. They are literally sealed off from the enslavement that has held them. God has rescued them. They are separate from their old life. God is making something new for them, and they are free. How beautiful is that? And then how God gave us the law, how he gave the people the law when Moses was on Mount Sinai. And this is a scripture that, that I just wanted to sit in because it's going to be a, a, a good one, a good umbrella verse for us. Uh, Exodus 34, uh, we're going to start in 33. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn there. Exodus 33, 18. Now, before Moses brings down the Ten Commandments, he's up on Mount Sinai with the, with the Lord. And this is what he says. And the reason I want these first in, in our mind is because God tells us who he is. And this is going to be our umbrella for this part here of them in the desert. God, uh, then Moses said in 18, he's talking to God, I pray thee, show me thy glory. And God said, I myself will make all my goodness. Circle that. God, uh, Moses asked to see his glory, and God is going to show him, of all the aspects that God is going to show him, God is going to show him his goodness. My goodness will pass before you, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and show compassion on whom I will show compassion. 21. The Lord said, because you couldn't, he couldn't see his face and live. So the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and it will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Can you picture it just for a moment with me? Left. He, uh, Moses is on Mount Sinai, so he's really high. And he so wants to see God's glory, but God knows he has to protect him. And there's a cleft, a little hole in the rock, and Moses is going to be in there. And the very hand of God is going to cover him and protect him so that God is going to walk by that place. The very glory of God is walking by. I, I hope that you just have chills going up and down your spine here. This is God is going to cover him. 
And what is he going to see? His goodness is going to pass before him. It's going to be too much. God has to, to, to protect him. And he'll take his hand away. And Moses will peek out from the cleft. And he will see the back of God and his glory and his goodness. And it will be all that he could, all that he could take. He couldn't take any more than that. And we go down to 34, 5, and it says, so that's what's going to happen. So here it is, 34, 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called on the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed. Listen to this. This is God saying, this is who I am. The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, and yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. And Moses made haste. What an understatement, huh? That he made haste to bow as God passed by and said, I am the Lord, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. I want us to look at that because, ladies, that is a picture of our God in the desert. It is the picture of God from the beginning to the end. But here, we're going to see that for his people, this is a picture of God in the desert. And after that, that's when he gives Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. The law, we look at that and think, oh, it's so confining. There's so many rules. Can you hear your kids saying that? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, it has to be this way or the highway. God gave us his law for our good. Is this heart of compassion and protection. Because he is holy. Ladies, we can never forget that. We are learning about and we see his holiness from the beginning to the end. And if we forget his holiness, that's when we forget who we really are in front of. We forget who we are praying to or who we are following and we think oh it's no big deal we are talking about the holy god and he gives us the law but the law also provides a mirror to show us this is the holiness and the high standard of god and i can't meet that 
standing before a holy God with his standard, I'm stuck. I can't do it. He's reminding his people that he is their only hope. They continually need to seek him for his wisdom, his mercy, his redemption, and his renewal. And so do we. That's the theme that we will see throughout, whether God is in Egypt or in the desert, in the promised land, whether they are in captivity. When Jesus comes, the church, early church, today, we need him all the time. We are lost without him. Before a holy God, we cannot stand. But ladies, grab that hyssop branch. Swirl it in the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and put it over your home figuratively. Clean your heart, grab onto it. That's what makes you clean. It's the only thing gift from God that he provided and that he shows us the way and he's foreshadowing that. He's foreshadowing that. And so God has rescued his people and they're in the desert and Moses has brought the law and God has prepared them now he is showing them, he has shown them his glory. And I love this here. God had prepared his people to enter into the promised land. He had rescued them, he had redeemed them, he had set them apart. What did we see? How they had set up the tabernacle, right? He had given them, uh, told them how to do that. The priests had their assignments. And I know she hinted at it in our lesson, but as God was setting up the tabernacle, uh, so that what? So that his glory would have somewhere to be on earth that he could dwell with his people. Does that sound familiar at all? Christmas is coming. <laughs> Isn't that a good? Um, but who came to dwell among us? Jesus. God's heart is to be with his people. This is how he, he did that there. He had it all set up. And all the, the rituals that the priests would go to and the high priest who would make the sacrifice for the people and go into the very holy of holies. And ladies, I wish we could do a whole study on the tabernacle. Uh, there's awesomeness in there of how that foreshadows Christ. And if you remember, there was the, the most holy of holies. And it was separated by a big curtain that went high, so high, you couldn't even imagine. And it was so thick. Because God is too holy. 
There had to be that. But when Christ died, that curtain was ripped from top to bottom. It wasn't like somebody cut it at the bottom with shears and then went like that. From top to bottom. And it was thrown open. Because Christ had opened that. That's just one little piece of the tabernacle. But all the pieces point to Jesus. And even the priest, it's, he, Jesus is called in Hebrews, another spoiler alert for you, our high priest. He is the one who makes the sacrifice. And the high priest was also the mediator for the people between God and the people. Jesus is called our mediator. He, it all points to him. That's the big picture. He is our redeemer to come. The fulfillment of the day of atonement like we studied about. He's what everything's pointing to. And in Leviticus we see <clears throat> we saw how God says, "You shall be holy because I am holy." And what? They are his people. He wants them to be holy and set apart. And here's the thing, ladies, that I want us to take with us, and I don't want us to forget. Um, yes, there's a lot of details in Leviticus, but here's the big thing. God is holy. And yet, in that book, he is making a way for his people to come to him. All the rituals, all the, the plans, the way things must be done. It is because he is so holy. And that's the only way that the people can come to him. To worship him. And so he makes a way. Let us not forget who we are coming to. Our great holy God. Our great God. God makes the way to worship. And God has set that all up. And it's all ready to go. And there they are. On the edge of the promised land. We're in numbers now. And God has made them ready. And this is, this. I love this part. That God had done everything. They had the fire at night to lead them and the cloud to cover them during the day. In the desert, in the desert, they needed the cloud, the protection from the sun, right? And he provided it. In the desert, they couldn't see. They needed the fire at night. What a comfort. What the, I mean, I'd love to see that big pillar outside my house and just look outside at night when all those plaguing thoughts come to my mind about my kids or about relationship problems or just name it, right? You have your list, I have mine. I want to pull back the curtain and see the big thing of fire. We have his word here. He is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And even before they get there, they're grumbling and whining. I want food. I want different food. I'm hungry. I want water. Why are we still here? 
it's only, it's been a short time, right? And God does show his righteousness. We've seen that throughout. But he is also slow to anger, compassionate, and merciful. We see that so much there in the desert. So they're all ready. God organizes the tribes. The pre they're all ready. They're standing there at the edge. Let's go into the promised land. And then chapters 13 and 14. They were so close. But fear, fear shook them to their core. It melted all of their faith, their trust, everything that had already been fulfilled. Already, how many times had they seen his power for them? And yet when they looked at giant people and a lot of them and fear overtook them, like they melted where they were. Do you remember, jumping ahead, in Joshua, when they were going to take over the city, right? And you remember Rahab? And how did she describe the people? How the people felt about the Israelites? Fear. That they were, it like melted them with fear. But these are the Israelites feeling that way with God behind them, and over them, and in front of them. So they don't go. They don't act. They don't remember the holy God that they are serving, that they, that they were trembling in front of at Mount Sinai. They have trembled under and been terrified of his power. We have seen that. They forget. They're not trusting. They're not willing to go in. And so God shows us more of who he is, his righteousness and his judgment. And they don't get to enter the promised land. That generation, 20 years and older, they'll die in the desert. They will wander for 40 years. And the younger generation will suffer the consequences of that well, too. They have to wander for 40 years, too, don't they? It was sobering to me. God, I do not want to be caught in my life in fear and wander for 40 years because I won't step out and trust you as I have seen you work in my life and in the life of, life of my friends and in the life of those I know and other believers. And I have seen your goodness in the land of the living. I don't want to wander for 40 years and bring those I love with me.
Oftentimes we do have to bear one another's burdens, don't we? Others sin, and we walk through the consequences with them. But let me tell you, let's just pray. Oh God, I may be in this valley and I'm afraid, but don't let it be in vain, I beg you. I do not want to wander for 40 years. Where are you wandering today? Remember. Remember who you cling to. Remember who will never leave you. Remember who is with you always. Step out. Trust him. He is worthy. And he is able. Don't we see here in the desert that he was compassionate, gracious, slow to anger? Because God did not leave them as they walked through their consequence, did he? God was faithful to them. And he still cared for them. And he still loved them. Let us not forget that, ladies. We will make mistakes. And we may, we may have to suffer some consequences as a result of us or maybe someone, someone else. But God will not leave us. He will walk with us, tenderly, compassionately, loving. We still learn about him and know about him and trust him and grow. He does not leave them. He will fulfill his promise and his covenant, as we see in Deuteronomy before they are going to go into the promised land. Deuteronomy, great book. Read it. Just read the whole thing. It's a great remembrance. It is um, how Moses is it's his farewell. And so he kind of recounts their whole journey. So you get to see it from a different perspective. But his perspective is often from the divine. It's a spiritual perspective, not just a this happened, then this happened, then this happened. But it's a, and God did, and God did. Well, encourage your hearts. Hear Moses' greatest plea that he is hoping and praying for the people. It's his, their plea for obedience. Be obedient to this great God. Remember who you are serving. Just a few little fun facts there for you on your note sheet. Um, we could laugh about those later, but not laugh like funny, funny, but okay, I'm just going to tell you. Deuteronomy, Jesus quoted this book so much. It's second only to the Psalms. How great that Jesus continually was quoting scripture. And we'll find out later, it's coming, but Satan takes Jesus into the desert, the desert, to tempt him. Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy three times. That's the only book he quotes from to refute Satan. 
And I do have Satan's name not capitalized on your sheet on purpose because I just won't give him, I just won't do it. I won't give him any honor or respect. I just, I, in my notes when I write his name, it's like this big. It's so tiny. It's, I don't know. Um, so it's a beautiful recount. It's beautiful how Moses just encourages the people to stay, to, to be obedient, to follow God. Joshua, our faithful Joshua, don't you love Joshua, who was ready to go in, and Caleb, and they were ready, and they had faith. They had to wander for 40 years, too. Let's not forget, ladies, that sometimes that's life. God did not leave them. He did not forsake them. He continued to make them strong. And this next generation was ready to go in and conquer and take the, the promise that God had given them. And they did. And it's a beautiful thing. The verse I put there with God in the promised land as he takes you there and he encourages Joshua which I love Joshua 1 8 and 9 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth that's this that's this whole thing now Genesis through Deuteronomy is what he's talking about you shall meditate on it when day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is according to written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. And then God says, have I not commanded you? This is how I taught it to my little kids in um, Sunday school. Have I not commanded you? What is God commanding him? Be strong and courageous. Not like that other generation. Like you have been, Joshua. Continue. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. Why? Why not? Why shouldn't we tremble and be dismayed? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord, the Holy One, the most powerful one, he is the one who is with you wherever you go. Wherever we go whether we're stepping into the promised land, whether we're walking through someone else's consequences or our own, God will never leave us or forsake us. We see his character all over. His great love all over. And as we go forward, he continues to point the way to Jesus Christ, who will be our great sacrifice forever. And even then, as Jesus is resurrected from the dead, his spirit comes to be with us forever and never leave us ever is God who has promised 
God who does not leave his people, as we see in Judges when they, oh, they just, the, the wheels come off the wagon. They have periods of good where they are following. There are, I wanted you to take a note of that. About 100 years out of the, the 350 years, that's, the 100 years is about like the destruction and they're falling away and the, the consequences from the Lord. But they, so they had times when they were following him. And God continued through it all. It's the pattern we will see from the beginning until the end of time. Mankind, I want my own way. I want to do it my own way. I want to find things that I can do. I want to find pleasures that, that make me happy. I'm going to turn my back on you for a while, Lord. And then we can't fall into bad places and we cry out to him. And he listens. And he saves. And he rescues. And he redeems. And he renews. And he brings us back to him. Here's my prayer as we go forward. Read Psalm 107. Because it talks about in the whole thing about how people go their own way and they cry out to God and he comes to them. And the verse that goes over and over and thank him and rejoice in him that he has mercy and love and compassion. And we thank him that we see it over and over through all the books, through this whole thing, may we remember that we serve a loving and compassionate God. And I pray that our hearts will be on the ground before him. God, lead us this week. Keep our hearts humble before you and remind us of who you are over and over. In Jesus' name, amen.